The leader of the BC Green Party says she has been hearing from families impacted by fewer hours of in-class instruction for students and the concerns, of course, that that can pose on education. A recent letter from the BC Liberal Party voices concerns specific to Vancouver secondary schools, which are providing students with less than nine hours of in-class instruction per week. And it asked the NDP and Education Minister Jennifer Whiteside to take immediate action to address the issue. Sonia Furstenau says she agrees with the official opposition on this issue, and she joins me now on the line. Sonia, how are you today? I'm pretty good. How are you doing, Jeff? Not too bad. Really appreciate you coming back on the show. Thanks thanks for doing this. So um, I guess we'll just start with the issue around Vancouver high schools first and, and then kind of dovetail that into what's going on across the province. But just specific to this issue, nine hours or less of in-class instruction, I mean, that is pretty much next to nothing. How concerned are parents that you're hearing from right now? We have heard from concerned parents. And, of course, I mean, in the in the big context of things, we have to put health and safety of students and teachers first. And, and that's the, the number one imperative we have uh, during this pandemic. And at the same time, recognizing that students should have uh, enough instructional hours. And, and if those are being delivered in class or online, uh, you know, make the efforts to ensure that they're getting those instructional hours. Uh, and, and just recognizing, you know, and I, I think always starting uh, from a place of empathy and compassion for everybody at this point that this has been for so many of us uh, an unbelievably difficult year and that kids have had to, you know, endure a lot of changes in their lives and, and, and they are very resilient, but let's make sure that we're doing our very best to ensure that they're getting what they need. Are, are you as surprised that we're sitting here now into February, you know, five full months into the school year and, and, you know, it doesn't feel like we have a real perfect system figured out? I mean, I'm not personally surprised. It kind of always felt like this was going to be a very rocky year and, and sort of, uh, you know, learn learn as we go. And that's continues to be the case here. Were you hoping that there might be more of a, a concrete plan in place that we could follow at this stage? Mm-hmm. You know, since August, I've been... Um, putting out uh, written editorial pieces and, and articles and calling on government to to be more responsive and more reactive to the, the really the ever-changing circumstances that we have in BC. So we had lower numbers in the summer. We obviously saw quite a spike into October, November, December. We've plateaued now, but of course we have the, these new variants, which are a very serious cause of concern. And uh, you know, a lot of health professionals are, are really raising the alarm bells on that. And teachers have been asking for more resources, better ventilation, more ability for social distancing. And they've been asking for math in, in classrooms. And I think that we need to see a bit more of a, a responsive position from government in a time like this. And, and to really, for them to work from a place of informing the public about where they're getting their information, what's informing their decisions. Uh, it's not enough to say this is our decision. People need to know why are you making this decision, mm-hmm. what studies are you looking at, and, and what are you hoping to achieve. But it, it, it's a tough time, Jeff. I mean, I, th- I think that that's a place that we all have to reset to as, as often as we can and, and just be as empathetic as we can. 
Yeah, no, definitely a tough time. And, and you know, I was saying this previously before you came on here was just how I feel like every day, you know, parents, students, teachers alike are probably a little bit worried uh, when they head into those classrooms on a daily basis just because there mm -hmm. are so many faces that they're exposed to, right, every time mm -hmm. they go in there. And, um, you know, it's we're seeing exposure events coming up a lot more frequently, too, to start 2021 compared to what we were seeing in the first four months of the school year. Um, and, and, you know, we haven't really seen significant steps taken here uh, to kind of address those in this last, you know, five weeks since school has been back in session. Yeah, and I'm I'm with you, Jeff. I'm a parent. My kids are going to school. Um, they are wearing masks every day when they go to school, and that wasn't, you know, we didn't impose that on them. They were quite willing and, and happy to do that going back in January because they're so used to wearing masks when we go to any public place or into any building where there are other people. Uh, and the only time, you know, that we're not wearing masks is when we're together in our household uh, as a very small family unit. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think the other piece of this is the anxiety levels that all of us are experiencing. And this is one of the reasons that we're really pushing on government to look at um, ensuring that people have access to mental health supports. This is the other pandemic uh, that is upon us, which is the, the mental health impacts of COVID-19, the isolation, the financial hits that people have taken, the, the loss of connection uh, in our communities, and, and the, just the gnawing anxiety about uh, a pandemic. We all need tools um, to ensure that we can stay mentally healthy, healthy through this. And, and one way government can do that is uh, providing access to that mental health care through our, our medical services plan. Mm -hmm. No, absolutely. Uh, that actually kind of goes into the next thing I wanted to, to ask about is the, the BC Teachers Federation put out a statement today that says the BCTF has been working incredibly hard to get improvements to the province's safety guidelines in education for months. This week, uh, one significant game, paid leave or accommodation for teachers who have to self-isolate. Um, and it's hoping that an announcement tomorrow between Dr. Bonnie Henry and Education Minister Jennifer Whiteside will bring more changes to some of those health um, guidelines within schools. I guess, do you have any thoughts mm -hmm. or inklings towards what we might be hearing tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. when this press conference does come down? You talked about kids being more willing to wear masks in schools, but they haven't really mm -hmm. been mandated, right, to wear them while they're physically in the classroom, in the hallways, but not necessarily in the classroom. Do you think mm -hmm. we're going to see some things like that potentially come into play, or, or what are your thoughts on what we might hear tomorrow? Yeah, I hope we see uh, some steps taken that, that have been called for for a long time now. And I, I'm going to point to the, the recent announcement from the federal government that there has been uh, more funds provided to the province specifically around uh, improving the, the safety in schools and in classrooms. And in the federal government announcement, they talked about increased ventilation, better ventilation, uh, better capacity for social distancing, uh, PPE, providing PPE, so masks. Um, and I think that I'm, I'm hoping that we're going to have this reflected in tomorrow's announcement um, from the from the minister and the health uh, officer. And and recognizing again the the variants um, really do shift things, and it, it, we we want to be proactive uh, in the response to that. Because as we've seen in other countries where these variants have taken off, it is a, it is a very different uh, kind of severity of contagiousness that we're seeing. 
Are you at all surprised with the lack of of movement when it comes to ventilation? You talked about it there briefly, mm -hmm. um, but like I know the federal government put out some money there last summer. That was one of the things that uh, the province talked about was helping to update and upgrade ventilation systems within schools. But then since mm -hmm. school has been back in session, they've almost said that um, that's not really a priority. They've kind of done some scientific research, if, if you will, and said that, uh, that as long as your, your ventilation systems and schoolers are in working condition, then they they should be fine and they encourage you to open your windows when you can and that's about all i've really seen on this issue since then i'm just wondering what has been the change because it seemed like there was such a an outcry to fix and upgrade mm -hmm. ventilation systems in the summer and then school started and then it seemed like uh, not really a, a something that was on anybody's minds after that yeah i you know again then this 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 comes back to what i said a bit earlier which is you know, it, it's not it's not good enough at a time like this when we really need to build and maintain trust between government and public to say, well, we, we've, we've done some studies. But people need to see, okay, because there are studies that obviously um, say that ventilation is very important and, and it's an important uh, safety measure uh, in indoor spaces. So I think that it, it's time to be a, a more communicative, to be more transparent about what's informing decisions and you know, I'm, I've been looking with great interest at the report that came out today from the National Football League and the Center for Disease Control that really does provide some interesting insight about how quickly um, the virus can spread and that uh, these things, social distancing, ventilation, and mask wearing, really ha do have a positive effect on diminishing the, the spread of the virus. So at a time like this, I think, you know, we look at the jurisdictions that have gone for COVID zero, the Maritimes in Canada, you know, Taiwan, New Zealand, Australia, and uh, those efforts mean that they can resume, you know, connection and interaction with people uh, that we're not able to do here. So I think always reflecting, always trying to think of how to do better and, and striving for better outcomes for for especially the most vulnerable people in the province but for everybody is is really the duty and responsibility of government mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, this whole pandemic, it just has made it really, really difficult not to be pointing fingers, right? Uh, it's just so easy to, to look at someone and, and, and say, how come you're not wearing a mask? Or how come you're not, um, you know, standing six mm. feet away from me? It's so much easier to try to put, pass the blame, right? And, and, and not just necessarily focus on what you can control. And sometimes that's, the, that's probably right. the way to go, right? Is just do what you can and uh, not necessarily worry so much about what other people are doing. But uh, it's yeah. really, really, really tough, especially given the, the climate that we live in at this point um, yeah jeff you're, yeah I, I couldn't agree more and i i do think you know every day we can all wake up and make the decision to try to do better um and i don't just mean in terms of you know vis-a-vis -vis covid but but just you know we always have the opportunity to reset and and that's from individuals right up to government to say okay uh, you know of course none of us are perfect and we can always strive to do better uh, here with the leader of the BC Green Party, Sonia Furstenau. Now, uh, just to shift gears here a little bit, and, and I'm really interested to see what comes down tomorrow, uh, 10 o'clock in the morning, Dr. Mm -hmm. Henry and uh, Education Minister Jennifer Whiteside will be announcing some more changes around safety in schools. Uh, but just to shift gears here a little bit, I wanted to talk uh, about nurses here briefly. And, and you mentioned to me that uh, nurses have been reaching out to MLAs across British Columbia, raising concerns about a growing number of fees that they're having mm -hmm. to pay, like union fees. Um, and then they're 
becoming quite burdensome. And you mentioned to me that in some cases, or I guess in all cases, they're paying more than doctors pay for, for mm-hmm. some of these fees. Um, what what was your response that, that you were able to issue to the nurses here? Um, you said they haven't gotten a whole lot of responses from anyone outside of yourself. So what, what did you have to say um, to their issue and, and, and their, try to address their concerns? Mm-hmm. Well, I, I, you know, I, I had been seeing these emails coming in and, and I reached out to one of the nurses that had um, sort of at the forefront of the, this effort and, and just had a long conversation with her. And, you know, the... The, the main takeaway for me is that in nurses and, and health providers right now, nurses, doctors, health professionals are, are the true front line uh, in COVID-19 and are putting themselves uh, in the riskiest situations uh, possible by caring for people in the health system right now, including caring for people who have COVID-19. And when I, when I was hearing from so many nurses who were saying, you know, this is putting me over the edge that I've now got this additional cost about um, insurance is, is the latest one uh, that they were concerned about, you know, high insurance costs. Um, they said, I, you know, I kept hearing the same refrain, which was, I, you know, this is my breaking point. I don't know how much more I can do. Um, and listening this morning, I was listening to The Current and, and talking about mental health for nurses and the statistic that was really heart-stopping for me was, you know, one in three nurses have thought about suicide in this last year. And I think this is a, a real moment when nurses need to know that government has their back, that government is going to be listening and responding to these issues that they're raising and, and working to find solutions. And, and so that was, you know, I, I'm, I'm the leader of the third party and, and uh, I... I'm not in the decision-making room, but I, I wanted the nurses to know that I'm hearing and I'm, I'm very grateful for what they're doing and I want to support in any way I can. Yeah. Um, just, I guess, the last, last point to make here on that, Sonia, just uh, you talk about how uh, the, the thought of suicide or, or the thought of mental health concerns within the nursing community is just so high right now. And this obviously is not an isolated uh, community, right? I, I talked yesterday to uh, a general manager of a junior hockey team who says his players, you know, 18-year-olds are, are having these types of thoughts because they're they're so frustrated with not being able to be on the ice. We hear this, you know, in industry upon industry, like there's no shortage yeah. of, of mental health. And I'm just wondering how concerned you are, you know, once we get through this COVID-19 pandemic, if there's going to be another type of pandemic, yeah. if you will, when it comes to, to mental health, this is obviously yeah. a, a massive problem right now. It is. And this is, this is why in, in the summer of 2020, the BC Green Caucus worked with the BC Psychological Association to propose uh, you know, a pilot of making uh, mental health care uh, covered under MSP. So six, six sessions with a psychologist or mental health provider. Um, and and I think there there is increasing urgency to act on this because we need tools, uh, all of us, to navigate this incredibly challenging time that we're in. And uh, you know I'm feeling it deeply, and I'm I'm in a a very fortunate and privileged experience. And and as you say, people who are seeing their dreams, maybe feeling like they're losing their dreams or their hopes, and and having to struggle with financial issues, having to struggle with dislocation from family and community. I mean, these are very significant impacts to our mental health. And so I'm really hoping that we are going to see 
uh, government take this step and and make sure that people have access to mental health care uh, right now. We we need to get in front of this, as you say, the next pandemic. Yeah, I, I really hope we see those steps taken. Thank you so much, Sonia. I really appreciate your time as always. Uh, a lot of great stuff, and, and uh, hopefully we see some movement on, on the education piece, on the mental health piece, and, and helping nurses as well, who are obviously those uh, working the front lines and are uh, hopefully in everyone's thoughts on a fairly regular basis. Thank you so much today. Thank you, Jeff. Always a pleasure. Awesome. That is the leader of the BC Green Party, Sonia First to know.